We are back, y'all. Welcome to another year of Beyond the Crops, the podcast where we share the real and raw behind the scenes of conventional farming and what it's like to raise a family on America's back roads. I'm Jenna. And I'm MP. Today, we're bringing you the yearly wrap-up episode that we promised, featuring none other than our incredible hubbies, Josh and Levi. Welcome, guys. Well, thanks for having us back. Thank you. Thank you. You guys excited to be here or what? Uh, Ecstatic. I'm super happy to be here. <laughs> we just, first of all, we did want to thank you all for bearing with us as we took a couple weeks off around the holidays. It wasn't necessarily our plan, but moving forward, it's very clear to us that it needs to be a tradition in the future to take a couple weeks off around the holidays. Yes, I feel like we just need to set set boundaries. Yeah, and that's something that I learned a lot in 2023. So. Actually, when Mary Pat first asked me to do this podcast, remember I had literally just had a baby and I was, and she, we talked about how often and she said, well, I'd like to do every week. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I even said to you, like, do we even get a Christmas break? (laughs) (laughs) We did in fact get a Christmas break. (laughs) We should have planned that much earlier than than it happened. But we're glad to be back. How was your guys' holiday? It was good. We had a lot of great quality time with our families. I feel like the boys got way too much stuff of everything. <laughs> but no, all in all, good. Um, we actually got home Christmas night and we're like, wow, this is good. We all were healthy at that point yet. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> and we had made it. Nobody nobody got sick. Uh, I mean, not too bad of meltdowns. Like We were like, wow, big holiday win. And then... Then we all got sick the next week. Like in the middle of the night, Levi got the stomach flu bad, like all night long. It must be going around our county like crazy because we got a handout about norovirus that came home with Stetson from school today talking about how it's amped up everywhere. And these are the signs and symptoms. This is how you manage it, blah, blah, blah. So it must be running rampant in our part of the world. Super contagious. Yeah, not fun. We, Other than that, our holidays were great. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so far, we've dodged that bullet. We've dodged the stomach <laughs> flu bullet, but we've definitely had some kind of like viral something. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've got something going on with my eyes right now. Hopefully, they look by the a morning. lot better right now than they did on Instagram the other day. Yeah, I, it's good. It's been quick, but it's like one eye went through it all the way, and then the next eye went through it all the way. So it's like extending the suckiness of it all yeah not fun but the kids haven't had it yeah and we are for some reason we get pink eye a lot i don't know if it comes from daycare or what but i've never gotten it and i've also not given my kids the amount of sympathy that i will in the future because (laughs) it sucks (laughs) i hear you i feel like kids are so resilient though and they handle things way better than adults a lot of times like levi and i were down for the count when we got sick yeah. we were both sick the same day unable to parent our, it was a free-for-all i don't even know what our kids did that day honestly I know. <laughs> and did they eat yeah i fed them oh <laughs> <laughs> levi feeds and, everybody and don't <laughs> mp don't worry if your pink eye don't straighten out i got a dart gun and some draxon cleared up real quick <laughs> if you don't know what that is that's a med for cattle and we do use a dart gun to medicate the cows when they're on pasture. <laughs> Is that where you put their needle in the eye? No, no. it's just the neck. No. So it's, there's not even no needles in your IMP, just no. the neck. 
So it's literally just like it looks like a rifle, but there you put a dart in it with medicine and then you can get the medicine to the animal without having to like round them up at pasture, get them in a corral. Yeah. It's like a lot less stress on the animal and it's no different than like a, just giving them a vaccine to, you know, get over the. The hump. Yeah. When cool. we plan this episode, th- this is the last thing I thought we would have talked about. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun preparing for this episode though. I'm excited to go through our conversation. I am too. We, we had a ball, you know, doing this throughout the year and, and uh, Jenna's really good at writing. I'm more better. I'm better at talking. So Levi was half asleep when I was asking him these questions. Let's be honest. Levi. <laughs> <laughs> we had a ball, AKA we were half sleeping. That, some of the nights I was more awake <laughs> than others. I'll be honest. Well, we found it difficult to, to sit down and actually go through. And what they're talking about is today we're going to go through the yearly summary page from um, the 10-year crop journal from Grounded Journals, the company that I started this year. So when Josh and I were doing this, I was feeling guilty because it's taken us so long to sit down and just go through it. But as parents with little kids, I mean, I think there's always going to be excuses throughout our life on why we don't like pause and reflect. Mm-hmm. But once we got into it, it was really fun. So I'm hoping that that brings that momentum will bring us to keep it, keep it up, you know? Oh, yeah. I definitely will be more proactive about doing it. Levi even said, like, we need to do it in the moment because I was asking him these questions about the last day of harvest. And he, you know, we can remember things, but it's not like we just experienced it that day. Mm -hmm. So I feel like next year our notes will be so much more detailed and more valuable to our kids someday. Mm -hmm. I think we had that same conversation. Yeah, we didn't even we didn't even focus on going back, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was like I wish I wish I remembered vividly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, rain dates, how much we got, you know, I wish we would have wrote all that None. down. That was easy yeah. for us. Yeah. I can <laughs> I can measure all the rain from one year in one rain gauge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Big old zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But the yearly summary page is a page full of short answer questions. And then we kind of found that we wanted to expand on some of them. And so we wrote them on the page where there's like room for extra notes. Yeah. But I'm excited. Where do you guys want to start going through this prompts? I got to kick off here for the whole crew. (laughs) Um, I would just like to start by saying I'm thoroughly impressed with the, the questions are simple, but like meaningful and it's really neat how the questions just really bring out the whole, like just for these questions, like you get a snapshot throughout the whole year. And they're like thought provoking. And I know that our kids are really going to thank us someday because like this is going to be really cool for them to cherish and have. And I mean, it's, I'm just really taken back by it. I wish my grandparents would have done this. Like when our farm started, I wish this would have been in their hands so we could, because my grandpa's like, I think and about then and, you know, and like nothing's real for sure, you know. So this is just really neat to, to, you know, to do it as it happens. That That's kind of my two cents, you know. And I think that's the why for Mary Pat's starting this business. <laughs> You're hired, Levi. First <laughs> <laughs> salesperson. Why don't you pick the first question to talk about Mary Pat since this is your baby? Sorry, go ahead. No, you do it. You helped me create this. You were a big part of it. I um 
let's start with the three takeaways. Okay. That's a I good think those start. are good. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Whichever one you want to do. Okay. We only have two, so. <laughs> <laughs> or even the special memories and notes. Let's just start with that page. I'll let you start with special memories because that's a good one. Well, I mean, yeah, this company launched. So I wrote about that because I think this journal is the 10 year crop farm journal, but we also use it to keep a lot of personal memories. So like we did too. Yeah. So I wrote um, in May, Hank drove the gator for the first time by himself and where we were and what we were doing. We were like seeding a waterway at one of our farms. And every time we drive by that farm, he goes, mommy, that's Tuttle's. That's where we did the waterway together. Oh, cute. So those are the kinds of things that I wanted to remember. And then we'll put a picture next to it of him driving the gator that day. Yeah. And then I did write too about launching grounded journals in February of 2023. Cause it's been a passion project for a long time, but we did a whole episode on that. So they can go oh, back okay. and listen to that if they want. Yes. <laughs> so what about you for the farm? Why don't you, or we could let Jen and Levi start. Okay. Pick one. Yeah. So our first takeaway. Uh, yeah, this is a big one. It's really true. Uh, our first takeaway, like we just were kind of set back this year, like with just with the drought and the crop damage and stuff. And it's like, you know, we had all these goals and all these things we wanted to achieve and it, a lot of the things didn't happen and we're okay with that. So like our one number one big takeaway is like, we're not in control, you know, no matter how well you prepare and plan and everything and goals, God's still in control of the weather and he has the greater plan and we have to be okay with it. And we just do the best with the cards we're dealt, you know? So that's kind of our number one takeaway of the year. That's great. That's a big takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was a really bad storm this year. There was a lot of them. And I remember one of our friends calling us after the storm the next morning, you know, we're like driving around seeing the damage and she's like, I don't know how anybody could farm and not believe in Jesus. Like you guys have to have so much faith to trust that what you put in the ground is going to feed your family. And I think we were just like, really that like this, our faith was, I don't want to say tested, but maybe it was tested this year to like really lean in and trust that it was going to be okay. The crop insurance really helps. <laughs> <laughs> little plug for those guys. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Our, the other one that, which I'm really proud of Levi on this one, but the other takeaway was there's more to life than farming. Like we proved this year that we can leave the farm and we can make memories and do fun things with our kids and like have a fun summer and the farm's still going to be there when we get back and the farm's not going to dissolve while we leave for a few days. Because until this year, I feel like Levi had a really hard time stepping away ever because there's always stuff to be done. Yeah. And you know, you could walk around the yard and just work and work and work. But at the end of the day, we're not taking this land and our machinery to heaven with us. We're taking our family. And you know, if your lawn around your shop goes two weeks before it gets mowed, so be it. You know, like I always like prioritize, like, you know, obviously, you know, you know, God, church, faith, you know, comes first and then it's you know, spouse and kids and family, and then it's work, you know? So, um, with but that that's being, something you, we've had to be, no, yeah, intentional that's, about. yeah, that's easier said than done. But what I'm getting at is, you know, and then when it comes, when you, when you're going through that checklist, like when it gets down to the work part, it's like, okay, you know, 
uh, irrigate or whatever, like crops that are going to return the money on my farm. That's number one. You know, maybe the organization in my shop or like the lawn or something like some, I, I do some of those things, you know, you got to give. They're on the list, but haven't been touched. <laughs> they got to, well, well, the, 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 it has to bend somewhere, you know? So, but we were just, we were just so happy with the time we did get to spend together and we still felt like we did the best we could with all the, with all the crops. So, you know, you know what? YOLO, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Let's hear your takeaways. Well, I, I just want to say, I think that last one was really good because I feel like that w- is one that we could also write as number three. Right. <laughs> since we only have two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that's a really important thing to just keep not harping on, but keep mentioning. Because mm-hmm. I think especially in ag, that's a really hard thing to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it, you can walk around and keep yourself busy for a hundred years, but. Oh, yeah. You know. There your family sits waiting on you. So Yeah. And some somebody once told me that really stuck with me was like, you know, your kids are never gonna remember how good a corn you had in twenty three unless you had your farm grounded journal. Then they will. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll know. But but you know, your kids aren't gonna remember, you know, if you had the shiniest tractor or combine and when the, when you went to harvest in twenty three and if you know how good your corn was and stuff, but they're gonna remember if you were there and played twenty minutes of football with them one night and took them hunting or took them to the lake or you know, those are the things that stick with them for a lifetime. And you know, you don't you don't get that time back. So it's pretty valuable. Yeah, that's important. Tough one to hear too. And well, also, we just don't have as many hobbies, so. Yeah. Well, you, you got all that dry land. You come to Nebraska, I'll create some new fishing and lake hobbies for you. Yeah, yeah I got to pick up fishing. No, you hate fishing. Uh, you hate hey, it. If you're catching you get, fish, nobody hates fishing when they're catching fish. And you're feeding the family. Yeah. I mean, how? It's actually work. I mean. <clears throat> Oh, I give Josh. Josh needs to come to Nebraska for a weekend, and I'll. Oh, don't think he's leaving me behind. (laughs) Well, I'm. Yeah, you're both coming, but like, (laughs) we'll make him a fisherman. Okay. All right. Do you want to go on? We we kept ours pretty farmy, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think we can do better learning about our crops. That's one thing that I thought that we could do better. We spend a lot of time in our fa- in our fields doing things. And I I felt like we could do better just doing nothing out there and just observing and looking for for not anything specific and just learning. I mm-hmm. feel like we could be better stewards of the crop that way. So that was number 2 for us. Yeah, like scouting and being out and seeing what's you know, happening. You're you're out there spraying, you're out there irrigating, you're out there side dressing, planting the whole the whole thing, but in between those times I feel like we can do a lot better. Mm-hmm. So that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah. And finding the time to do that is not easy. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I agree with you, jo- Josh, and I wanna give you a podcast high five there. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that. And a a lot of times, you know, you got all these acres of corn and stuff. And how many times did you go dig roots and see what's going on below ground? You know, right. 
Yeah, a couple a couple times here and there. And when it, yeah. when somebody comes out to do it with us, pretty right. Well. Yeah, right, right. And even even like you said, just just observing in the field and like, do I what do I do I like that how the corn looks here? Like, what's the and then that area in the field? Where does that translate to yield versus this other area that I maybe didn't like how it looked? You know. Mm-hmm. And our other one was, you guys aren't going to like this. <laughs> we we thought our corn years would be corn yields would be a lot lower than they actually were because we did have we had dry weather, uh-huh. not like you guys. But going out there, Josh, you were the one who combined. Was it, and it was higher than you thought it would be. Yeah, I would. That's say exciting. Yeah, twenty thirty percent higher in some areas. So, I mean, we were really, really blessed and thankful for that. So that was a huge, huge surprise. Okay. What are you guys most proud of? We had a couple big projects. We put in the dryer. Um, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. A lot of work. Yeah. Um, we went through um, the REAP grant. I don't know if you guys have heard of that for uh, efficiencies around the farm. So, that was kind of a big deal. There's a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're giving out pretty big grants. So And a risk. Yeah. Risks as well. So, yeah, the dryer was a big project. And I'm glad that that, that all came together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That really yeah. set us up this fall. Hats off to you guys to do that. Because I know it's it's a big piece of the harvest operation and like that's got to work to go and i've always whenever i get into a you know a bin or a dryer project and i'm like i just can't wait for that year of harvest i don't do this because it's always down to the wire you know it's like you know you doesn't matter how early you start it seems like some part or something holds up like and it's not out of your control you know and it's just like oh you know we're like at one time we were harvesting with we the combines full, all the trucks are full, auger wagons full. And they're like putting the last sheet of the bin on. I'm like, this is too close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, I mean, that's exactly how it went with the dryer. Yeah. Some, I think we yeah. were still putting electric in and we were like, Hey, hey. when's this thing going to be done? We got like five semis we full. One horn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know. My second one, I mean, we had, this isn't a big deal for you because you have irrigations that go up in a day, but we did put an irrigation in this year and that was a long time coming. So that's exciting though. Still has, still has yet to pump water. So we'll Oh, see. you never used it? <laughs> no, we used it like maybe for half a day. We can't relate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we ran just, into issues. Not yeah. because we wouldn't have used it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was just issues after issues and, you know, a couple years in the making and just. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, so. there's pretty efficient irrigation crews in our neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we shared this on another podcast, but I'm pretty sure the crew comes from Nebraska to put up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not surprise me. We yeah. have them. I think all pivots actually originate out of Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you changing might... the oil in your combine. You're like, oh, just another pivot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> how fast can they put one up? Oh, uh, it depends how many people are on the crew, but literally 
one, uh, they can do one in a half day if they have like a, f- a lot of people working on the crew. So like two per day. Otherwise, like just your standard, I think three guys or something's like one per day. If they got six guys, they can do two. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> they, they don't even talk. Like they've done so, like, so, like they, everybody just knows what they're doing at every single time. That's with a new pivot too, right? Like we put up a used one. Just like a beehive. Yeah. A bee. That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you have a pivot. <laughs> Tell us what you're most proud of. Oh, this is huge. I'm going to let Levi say it. I uh, have, this has been a dream, bucket list, like vision, all the things since I could kind of walk or like knew what cool things were. <laughs> that makes sense. We, me and Jenna, we bought our first pasture. Ooh, in Kansas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. And that is like super exciting for us. We're expanding our, you know, cattle operation, our herd and stuff. And like, it's not, you know, my, well, technically it's n- not really ours. We haven't paid for it all. <laughs> Banks got most of <laughs> our pasture. And I'm like, well, it's not ours yet. We owe a lot of money on it. <laughs> the, ba- yeah. the bank has the largest stake in it, but I mean, on paper it's ours. So <laughs> I'm still, I'm going to, I'm still really proud of it. I mean, I'm, I can't really express how excited I am about that. Like that was That's huge. Awesome. Huge. So. Actually, a lot of the special memories and notes came from that too. Oh, that was cool. like a big part of our lives yeah. this year. Yeah, they hunted on it this year. They got their first turkey, first deer. Yep. Levi had Stetson with him, bow hunting, and they got the first deer off the pasture. And, and he was there when we got the first turkey too. And Stetson, we'll tell him what Stetson said. So we're like, we were in the blind together and, you know, the really nice buck comes in and we're sitting there kind of talking back and forth and Stetson's like, dad, this is the biggest one I've ever seen in real life. And it was a really, really nice one. And, and we, we get the deer and we're walking out before we go track it and everything and recover it. And Stetson's like, dad, he's like, this is the best pasture ever. He's like, oh. I've never seen this many deer ever. He's like, don't ever sell it. He's like, me and Crawford are going to have so much fun down here. And so it was like a real, we had like a really nice, you know, it was a, it was a moment. So yeah. worth every penny. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It was cool. It was a nice, it was a really, for any outdoorsman that's listening, like it was a, it was about exactly what I had dialed up. So did you cry? Almost. <laughs> I, like, Be honest. Come on. I kind of had to. I mean, it would. They were. I had all you the were feeling. The feel. I had all the emotions of crying. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Stetson, you you keep going. I gotta take yeah. a. I gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have made that funny because that is so sweet. No, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 It's all good. Oh, that's awesome. I love it so much. I'm like all about that kind of those kind of moments. So I'm yeah. so glad that you guys got to experience that. And it's yeah. good. It, it was just cute because he's like, Dad, he's like, I've never seen this many deer in my life. He's like, why did the guy before us ever sell it? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I buddy, love that. You know, and it was just it was just so that mind, you know, of the young boy was just running wild, you know. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Just, oh, so cool. It was cool. So love it. All right. So on the other end, what was your guys' greatest challenge? Oh, that we that yeah. 
that was a 23 inflicted the drought. I mean, yeah, with literally Levi said his verbatim answer was keeping up with irrigating was a lot. Yeah. It was just like, like they were, the pivots were constantly running every day. And like, it was, you know, not so much like pivots just broke down every day, but like the little things like end gun, not working an end gun hitting the road, maybe a riser blown off or a pivot stuck or, you know, just, there was literally something to chase after every single day. And with all the, so when we get into that really, really extreme heat, like we had this year, the electric, we have a lot of electric pivots and then they control them during the day to save power for all the businesses running air conditions and stuff. So there was like, there are a lot of times they're shutting the pivots off at eight, nine in the morning. They kill the power completely. And then they don't start up till eight or nine at night. So I'm like, you got to do your work, like either, in the dark or like very very first thing in the morning and it was just you know it was a lot so but we we made it we got through i feel like going through the the planting the growing the harvest part of the journal it was like we just said it was dry and hot so (laughs) i started irrigating in april so yeah and quit in like september so yeah so crazy Mm -hmm. yeah so our pivots pumped a lot of water josh (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was our greatest challenge too. So, <laughs> one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing like your challenge. So I no. feel don't discount your own. <clears throat> getting water is a tough one around here. So like, yeah, getting enough water. Yeah, we're gonna just jump. I just saw this one, and I know me and Josh's answers are the same. So, without even looking, I can just tell you what we're most grateful for. Me and Josh are most grateful for rock star awesome wives that help us and just do everything for us. Meals, laundry, kids, children. Just we couldn't thank you two enough for everything you do. We're just very, very blessed men. So just is that one that, that one you just copy paste every year from you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, we me and Josh wouldn't be where we're at without either of y'all. And uh it takes more than just us to keep the farm hitting on all cylinders. So, hundred percent. We really appreciate your words of affirmation for the podcast, Levi. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Levi's love language. It just flows. I don't even try. It just happens. Like I don't know how to control it. <laughs> but that is what you wrote. That's what Josh wrote too. Yeah, it, it, it literally I, said, "I'm peeing the kids being more involved." So. Yeah. And what that, and what that meant was what I said. You know, I mean, it is we didn't have enough lines to put it all. So I, right. you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, obviously everything Levi said. He's a wordsmith. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, if you could go back, would you change anything about this growing season? Um. I mean, I feel like we had relatively good planting conditions. I'm not real frustrated with that. You know, I get really frustrated in a hurry if we don't have good planting conditions because then I know I'm just putting lipstick on a pig pretty much. It's like, man, we can make this crop look good a little bit later. But if you don't get your planting right and do it correctly. It's the only time you're playing offense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and you know, Josh, in in our you know, defense, you know, me and you are at quite an advantage compared to what our dads, I mean, the planner technology with all the precision 
you know, plan, uh, precision planning stuff. I mean, wow. I mean, you can you can go and take some you know marginal planning conditions and probably get better results than if our dads had perfect planning conditions just with the technology and all the the stuff that you know how we can monitor everything and we got the right compaction you know or not the correct i mean the right downforce and i mean there's just we got so many advantages that they didn't have so that's a yeah. we're pretty fortunate yeah i agree with you 100% the only time we get to play offense, we've talked about this before. That's something we heard from somebody at Precision Planting. And Levi actually said the one thing he would change. Do you want to say it or do you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. He said, if I could go back, I would change the planting rate because he pushed some high population to try to get like a way above 300 bushel yield. But then we had so much wind and so much green snap. And dry. That, and it was so dry. He He, he would have dialed back the population a little bit. If you would have known it was going to be so windy. Yeah. And dry. Speaking of planting and precision planting. This is a great segue, you guys. Yeah. Because precision planting is sponsoring this episode. And we are going to have a little discussion about their winter conference coming up this month. So the winter conference is happening next week. If you're interested. And I think Jenna has the notes on the dates and everything. So I'll let you. Yes, it's January 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and 23rd. And it's you can join in at 21 cities across the United States and Canada. We're going to put the link in the show notes where you can register. It's a completely free event. And there's an interactive map so that you can see what's what locations close to you, where it's at, what their offerings are, the times, all of that type of deal. We attended last year in Kearney, Nebraska. We, I joke that we almost died. We didn't almost die, but we drove into a blizzard so that we could experience winter. I remember that. Yeah. And we learned a lot. It was, I uh, was great. uh And I'm going to just jump in here real quick and add something. The, I've been to probably, man, I'm going to say five, five ish winter conferences here in the last whatever years. And, Every winter conference I've been to, the lunch has been amazing. <laughs> no, that's where he was going. I should have too. Like, I'll, why am I surprised? I mean, along with all the, with all, along with all the information in the products and everything, I mean, we, that, that some of the things that we've adapted is great as well. But wow. I mean, we've had, I mean, if you're looking for a great lunch and just a great day to learn, definitely, definitely attend. It's just a great way to hear from ag tech leaders, connect with other farmers and kind of get a first look at what is up and coming from precision planting. You can also connect with dealers and precision planting employees, true experts in their field. The biggest thing I remember being so impressed with last year was the innovation that precision planting how serious they take it and how sometimes they're literally working on projects for 10 plus years before it gets to the farmer because Mm -hmm. they do want to perfect it. They want to make sure that what they're doing is repeatable and reliable and it's timely and truly serving the farmer. We have gone the last two years as kind of a date, actually, like a no kids, mom and dad get to go to precision planting type of thing. Heck yeah. I really enjoy it because honestly, I know how important the planting pass is. Like, agronomically I get that but I never understood the equipment side of it and it was so cool to learn and to be able to understand more about what Josh is talking about pretty much (laughs) yes 
I I found my notes from last year and I literally wrote down planting pass is the most important. A quarter inch difference in a setting could be the difference between a profitable acre and a not profitable acre. That's crazy. And that is insane. What do you have to say about it? I love the education. I love, you know, it seems to be one of the first meetings you go to to get jacked up for planting. I love that feeling. I love thinking about that. Um, and I love the guys there just willing to educate and willing to teach. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about that. You know, I feel like one of their missions as a company, you know, obviously to sell product, but you know, they do teach Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's really important. And I, um, you know, I acknowledge that about them and I really, um, think that's one of their strong suits as well. You told me they're like, a, like a, they have a small business feel still like they, they have that kind of relationship. And when they're talking at these events, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you pull one of those guys aside at one of those meetings and I'd say half of them or three quarters, I don't know the percentage, but most of them farm with their families still. And most mm-hmm. of them are using this technology and this equipment and this equipment on their, on their family farms. And, you know, I think that really says something. It was cool too at Winter Conference last year to see the data from, they literally were testing stuff up and coming in precision planting on their own farms. So it's not just like, we're going to make this for the farmer. The farmer's going to love it. No, the farmer was actually a part of developing this. So we know it's going to work for the farmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, I love the PTI farm. Yeah. You know, and because they do that, it's, it's just, I don't know. I love it. They're there to teach. I feel like so. So I think we all four will put the seal of approval on Winter Conference and you should definitely check it out in your area. Like I said, there is 21 locations that it's being offered at and there's five dates to choose from. So there's plenty of opportunities to squeeze it into your schedule. Yes. So make sure to go to the link in our show notes and find a location and date that fits for you next week, guys. Don't miss it. Yes. And thank you for Precision Planting for bringing this episode of Beyond the Crops to everybody. Okay, guys, this one was kind of hard for us. A product or practice that took your operation to the next level. I feel like there's so many products that you should get this, you should get this advantage, you know, this or that. Um, minimal differences. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Nothing is, is head and shoulders above, um, above anything else. So it, it's hard for us to say like this one thing we did really just we would not give it up i there's things in the past that we've done that that i can say that about but not this year yeah that's a tough one so i guess ours wasn't necessarily something new yeah and it was we did give it some thought but you know like jenna said we you know played around with some you know higher population stuff we did have one farm that's located down kind of like a river bottom field and the the biggest thing we saw there that took a, that farm to the next level, we achieved, we achieved the highest yield ever that we've plugged in on this farm since my dad, grandpa, anybody's ever farmed it. And we have to give the credit to uh, Pivot Bio and 40,000 population is what we planted our irrigated corn at. And the pivot worked flawlessly down there. We had zero issue 
you know, all year long. So we were able, it's not electric. Well, it's a, it's a natural gas. We were able to pump whenever we wanted to, as much as we could. And we were over 300 bushels on that farm. So, and, and miraculously enough, we had zero hail or wind there. Only farm or only field on our whole farm that did not get hit. And so we're just, we were just that, that really stuck out to us there. I mean, so it can be done and even on a tough year and, that's it's kind of what we came up with. That's a good one. I mean, you guys have had such great results with that product. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You have such a great testimony for the brand and it makes me want to yeah. try it again. Josh. <laughs> I, yeah, no, we, yeah, we, we even pulled up like a couple of fields of data this, this year. And I think the lowest advantage we saw was seven and the highest is like 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, that's the so. Inferno product. Yeah. Is that a seed treatment? No, no, just it just dump it in with with the starter and it goes okay. in furrow on you know, like if your starter treats forty acres, you know, or you know, eight you know, just depend on your gallonage and what how much you put on per gallon you just you know, kinda of do it accordingly. But yeah. yeah. We use the furrow jet from precision planting actually, so it applies the microbes right on the seed and the starter next to this yes ours i think our biggest or what we kind of did as like a big umbrella what moved our farm to the next level is all around efficiencies but there was like a ton of different things that played in that yeah Yeah, so but i think one thing yeah it is you can't put your time's a big reason i was just gonna say like your time's priceless (laughs) yeah right time and like efficiently using what we have like hiring custom work in some places using what we have in other places like i don't know it felt i know that it didn't i don't know i didn't feel like there was you're the one who's farming <laughs> what, what but you did you did you feel like you had enough time during like our seasons to get done what you needed to get done cuz we were able to kind of like be more efficient yeah i mean there's always there's always stresses and always, you know, oh, the crop's getting too tall or whatever's happening. It seems like it, it it just goes faster and faster every year. And it's hard to get everything done that you feel like needs to get done. But let's touch on the food. <laughs> yes. Favorite field meal, boys. Let's hear it. Favorite field meal got Martha a 12 out of 10. I think it was 13, actually. 13. <laughs> Chicken. Philly crock pot meals. Oh, it sounds yes. good. It was so good. It, it was had like, cheese on the top. I had a baked potato. I should explain it because I made it. <laughs> and you should apologize. Why? For not using double O beef and using <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That's amazing. Next time, next time I'll use fajita meat, but I don't want to. Okay. If any one of our people from our, well, I'm sure your dad is listening to this. I don't waste my double O beef. Okay. <laughs> it is like something that I hoard. So if I have a pack of fajita meat, that's ours. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Understandable. Was, you could make this with beef or chicken. I mean, obviously beef would probably be better, but I just sauteed some like thinly cut chicken strips of breast. I believe that's what I had. You could use any kind of chicken. doesn't matter. Saute it, throw it in a crock pot, obviously season it really good, and then put uh, sauteed onions and bell peppers and cheese 
um, and we served it. He had his over a potato because of the whole like food sensitivity stuff this mm-hmm. fall. Um, but I also served other ones on like toasted buns and oh, it was really yeah. good. What kind of cheese was on there? I can't remember. I have to look back. I did a video on it. I'll have to look so back. good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. mozzarella. I don't know. Let's hear yours, huh. Levi. So funny enough, mine is a chicken dish as well. What? Oh. I am floored. Isn't that yeah. against your religion? <laughs> I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade. My mom makes this sweet and sour chicken that I do not get very often. And it is out of this world. Like served on a bed of rice. And she it's like it's almost better when she brings it to the field because she leaves it in this big pot and it just kind of the the whole the chicken and the the sweet and sour and all the things I don't know what she puts in there but it is absolutely delicious and it like just almost like the flavor just builds on the way of the field you know <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> did you just pick one of your mom's meals over your wife's you sure did Ooh. <laughs> okay I'm not gonna lie this has always been one of Levi's favorite meals but your mom's like meal game this year was off the chain. Like she did some oh. insanely good things. Remember I'd like text you pictures. Yes. And I was like, can Sheila just come be- live with us for like a week? <laughs> just so we, during soybean harvest, we weren't, you, we couldn't really harvest until after lunch because of how like dewy the beans were. Yeah. And so a lot of times we just eat at their house early. And she made this like grilled walleye with this coconut lime rice and this, peach salsa relish it was like i I dream about it sometimes it was (laughs) (laughs) she brought like pear cake and gelato to the field like like Mm -hmm. literally a bucket of gelato like in in on ice and covered up and like i mean actually so hannah dorn came and took pictures for us during harvest once and we captured the whole red van meal situation that's never been professionally captured before and uh, so we're having a meal and they offered her something to eat. And then it was like this, she made, Sheila made this Sicilian sauce spaghetti. That's really good. And you know, everything was homemade. And then, um, she's what? like, Oh, I have a pie. And Hannah said, well, the real kicker would be if you had homemade ice cream. And she was like, I have that too. <laughs> 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 it had, it was right after Stetson's birthday. So they had leftover homemade ice cream and like pie made from scratch. And yeah. Hannah about dropped yeah, her camera. <laughs> she, her mouth went open quite a ways. <laughs> Honestly, that. Yeah. Sheila, the offer stands. We have, I, I have a bedroom in our basement. Yeah. I'll like, Set it up so nice for you. She's going to feed us every night. She can have my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sleep in the basement. The guest bed is nicer, I think. (laughs) She made like creme brulee once during harvest too. She was just on the creative culinary kick. Yeah. I I know for a fact we're the top few in Nebraska getting fed this way during harvest at the field. Yeah, most people pack a lunch. Yeah. I never did. Yeah, I know. Trust me. Well, no, Levi. Um, actually, I have another funny meal thing on this. So, like, we had a little family like regroup after harvest thing, and field meals was like a small part of the conversation. And my contribution to that conversation was we need to get like a short bus or a van or something to eat in because it looks so fun. And it is our kids are stuck, like, they're not like horrible situation or anything but they're eating outside a lot so it's windy and it's yes. not like super comfortable so i think 
anybody out there listening, if you know of a short bus or a van for sale for, it cannot be very much money at all. It has to be super cheap. Let me know. <laughs> you know, a lot, you need to pay, t- like we got ours from the school, like the schools as they roll out old vans and buses okay. and stuff. Like Levi's brother bought it from the school for like $200. $200 and it had a full tank of gas. And at that point in time, it could hold $95 of gas. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we got $95 of gas and they had just re- replaced uh, tires, tires and brakes because they got to keep, you know, those up. So we got a $400 set of tires, $95 of gas and uh, a brake job for 200 bucks. So hashtag win. Okay. So don't but be surprised. Then- we had some issues with it two harvests ago and it kept overheating and they honestly totaled it and we <laughs> They didn't total it. No, it was totaled. Well, any repairs like, oh, it's totaled. And so we <laughs> paid like $2,500 to fix it because we're like, it's honestly worth more to us. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to find something else to replace it for less than that. So right. yeah, we're, we're in it at a cool... Like 2,800 bucks. 27, 2,800 Well, keep your eyes peeled because I feel like it's worth it to trailer a van back from Nebraska if it's 200 bucks. Heck so. yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we will. And it's, it is the best thing ever. Like I remember like drink cups blowing over the gusts mm-hmm. wind and then like, uh, uh, like you're by the road, maybe your driveway and a bit another big semi goes by and it just dusts everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not a great, it, it is in like, or how about those days that it's chill, like a chilly wind, you know? Yeah. And or yeah. when it's 90 and gross. Yeah. I don't know. You could we at least really, have a fan we, window we unit hook up to a generator. Oh, it could be so nice. We got oh, this. We, we really enjoyed it. I love <laughs> that you brought that to your family meeting, Mary Pat. <laughs> it's important. Mm-hmm. It is. You and I'm what? also we- the only one without an SUV or a minivan. So I feel like I'm in a different situation kid wise. Yeah. So- yeah, you know, if you if you if you eat well, you're going to perform well. And at the end of the day, me and Josh need to get we're high powered machines, and we we've, we've got to be fed well. I've never been short a meal. <laughs> well, Same. the guys are windy, so there's a lot of questions we haven't gotten to. But for the sake of time, why don't we end with what next year? What would you like to learn more about? I actually didn't fill this one out because I can't decide. I looked because we've had this. We did do this journal in 2022 and last year I wanted to get my CDL and I just don't know if I'm like that excited about it anymore this year. Hard pass for me. I I draw the line after that. (laughs) I don't know. I have to think about that one longer, but you had yours. Yeah. I feel like that goes with the key takeaway as well. You know, spending more time in the field, learning about whatever crop you plant. So, um, you know, another one for me is chemicals. I need to get sharper on that. And there's so many chemicals, Levi. I'm sure you're mm. I'm Actions sure you're on top. Options. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're on top of that. We yeah. said that we want to learn more about just smart investing, financial planning, kind That's of smart. like starting yeah. to think about how we might succession plan for our kids someday, even though we haven't really completely taken over the farm. It's just it's definitely on our radar to like learn more and be more intentional about our yeah. finances and how to just be wise or there could be some scary years coming. So I think we just want to feel prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, it's huge a good one. one. Yeah. I mean, when this episode uh, goes out, Jenna and I will be at the farm futures business summit. And I believe that's part of one of the topics that they're talking on. I'm really looking forward to that. I am too. And I really wish Levi could come, but it just, it's not on the cards for, for us this time. Yeah. We'll have to plan ahead more for maybe next year and, 
I'll be home with 500 cows with minus one temperatures at night with three children by myself. You can do Godspeed. It's going to be minus negative out. Yeah. I didn't look that far. Minus one. You made that up. No, I'm not going to be home with two kids and 12 chickens, a porch cat and a dog. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will be fine. You can call each other if you need to. Yeah. Don't call me with a bad attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and continuing to support us in this new year of Beyond the Crops. We have a plethora of exciting topics to cover this year, and we can't wait to share them with you so very soon. Remember to tune in when new episodes drop every Tuesday. Leave us a review or share the podcast to your stories for a chance to win this month's giveaway. And find us outside of the podcast on our social channels linked in the show notes. See you next time.